1: A very happy Thursday to you all. Hope you all are doing great out there in Cougar Nation. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. Our position previews continue to roll on. Today we are talking about the Z wide receiver position in addition to the flash linebacker. What does the flash linebacker do exactly? We'll try and explain it to you guys ahead on today's show. We will also continue our look back at BYU football history. The senior season, 1991 for Ty Detmer. How did things go as you tried to follow up a Heisman Trophy campaign in 1990? We'll dig into that and, of course, catch you guys up on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Thursday. It's all brought to you today by our good friends over at the Locked On NBA channel. want to encourage you guys to check out what they are going to be doing here for the NBA Draft Up upcoming NBA Draft coach Chad Ford, in addition to Locked On NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's the Locked On NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by by Built Bar, get local expert analysis for each pick, follow the Locked On NBA channel on YouTube today, and watch our live coverage on July 29th, beginning at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Without further ado, let's get into it here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for July 22nd, 2021. up everybody i'm jay catch your host here on locked on cougars resident byu insider a big thank you once again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on all things byu right here on the locked on cougars podcast another heads up for you guys if you're just checking in for the first time this week i am technically on vacation but you know what the miracle of what i can do with digital media i recorded these shows for you guys to go throughout the week Yes, I am here with you guys on a Thursday, but I am also on vacation, but happy to interact with you guys. Please follow the show, by the way, on social media. You can check us out, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at Cougars. Love hearing from you guys, getting your insights, your opinions, your analysis whatever it might be, feel free to weigh in. In addition to that, if you are just checking us out for the first time, welcome in. This is your only daily podcast focused on BYU sports. We do this. It's a nice tidy package, 20 to 30 minutes at most, getting you up to speed on everything you need to know as a BYU fan every single day. And hope you guys are all doing great. And if something crazy did happen this week, you know what? We will get to it next Monday. We'll have a full reaction for you guys once I return officially from my vacation. All right, Getting going here on a Thursday. Let's continue on now with our position group previews. And today we're talking about two different position groups, as we have done over the past couple of days, kind of looking at multiple sides of the ball when it comes to BYU. And today we're going to talk about another wide receiver position. We talked about what I term the X receiver position on Tuesday's edition of the podcast. So if you want my thoughts on that position, check that out. But we're going to talk about what I'm terming the Z wide receiver position. BYU's depth chart, they put out at BYU Football Media Day, did not designate X, Z, or what I also like to term the H receiver. I'm just doing it to split it up for my own good. So at the X receiver position, there were three players listed. Gunnar Romney, Braden Cosper, and Cade Moore. We talked about them on Tuesday. If you want more insight, check out that edition of the podcast. You can get more on that. Today, we're talking about three other wide receivers on BYU's depth chart. Those receivers, Neil Pauu, Cody Epps, and Hobbs Nyberg. Uh, One redshirt junior and two freshmen on this list. And Neil Pau is getting his deserved due as the uh, starting player at this position. Neil was, I think, the kind of the undersold or the unsung key cog in BYU's offense last year at many times. Had a very, very good season in 2020. Obviously a beneficiary from the attention that a guy like Dax Milne got in addition to Isaac Rex. But, I expect Neil Pau to take on an even bigger role this year. What I love about Neil Pau is he is big, and I mean that sincerely. Six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds. If Neil wanted to, he probably could put on the requisite weight and be a tight end. But BYU has a bevy of tight ends, so why not play wide receiver? What Neil lacks, maybe overall foot speed, he makes up for with elite ball skills and the ability just to position himself and make the catches when a defender just can't get to the ball because he is just such a big human human being that's something that BYU's depth chart at wide receiver doesn't have a lot of. As a guy who's just a big body, that's what Neil Pauwu is. Funny enough, the guys who are listed as his backups of this position are both smaller-bodied guys. Uh, Cody Epps listed at 5'11", 190 pounds. Uh, Once again, a true freshman this year due to COVID rules out of Southern California. And Epps, this is a guy who produced at an absolutely insane level in the high school ranks. The hope is that that can translate to the collegiate level. not get a lot of action last year, had some injury concerns that precluded him from really getting onto the field in 2020, and, and also in addition to the fact that BYU just had a lot of players in front of him. I think this fall camp, this upcoming training camp for BYU, is going to be absolutely critical for Cody Epps to begin his ascension up the depth chart, but it's good to see him listed as the backup here, even though there is an or designation between him and Hobbs Nyberg. Hobbs Nyberg is a converted BYU baseball player, five 5'11", 195-pound freshman out of St. George. Hobbs came to BYU originally as a baseball player, but wanted to continue to play football. Walked onto the team last year, speaking of the BYU football program, and actually became BYU's leading punt returner as the season progressed in 2020. And I have my qualms with him uh, potentially reprising that role as BYU's returner, because I just felt like he was very ineffective in that role. But everything I've heard about him in terms of practice at wide receiver is he's a more than capable wide receiver. Does that translate to him seeing extensive playing time? I don't know, but he is designated as a co-backup to Nil Pau'u. He'll have his opportunity given to him this fall, but I'm expecting, this is just me speaking, Cody Epps should run rings in theory around a guy like uh, Hobbs Nyberg, just simply due to the fact that they have two different backgrounds. Uh, Nyberg... Good player. I remember hearing about him in high school. I can't have said I have seen him in person because he played down in the St. George area. I don't see a lot of the St. George high school teams play in person, but he produced at a very high level. But I'm telling you, Cody Epps produced at an absolutely insane level playing for one of the top prep programs down there in Southern California at modern day. So, I'm expecting Cody Epps ends up as the backup to Nil Pau'u, but I think, as I also mentioned on Tuesday's podcast when it came to the X receiver position, I think any one of these wide receivers is going to be uh, so in the know when it comes to BYU's offense and what their role is on the offense, that they're going to be able to step in in almost any position and contribute. They'll at least know what the other receivers are supposed to do on any given play, and that is a benefit to how the coaching is going about. Guys like Fessy Satake, who is now the passing game coordinator in addition to to his role as the wide receivers coach and Aaron Roderick is the offensive coordinator he's a former BYU wide receiver he understands what the pressure that these guys are under but he also will make sure that they are ready to go because he knows what wide receivers are expected to do at BYU especially when they have a standout quarterback leading the way so the good news is, I think this position group, speaking the wide receivers overall, has got very good talent, but I also like this position in particular, what I'm terming the Z receiver. Neil Pau, I think he takes another step this year. He technically could still play two more years in a BYU uniform, crazy enough to think about uh, considering he's served a mission. He's been at BYU seemingly forever. But I really like his ball skills. And I also think Cody Epps begins his ascension into the hearts and minds of BYU fans everywhere as he begins to really show what he can do, hopefully, during fall camp. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll look back in BYU football history. 1991 for the Cougars. How did things go for Ty Detmer as he tried to follow up a Heisman Trophy winning campaign? We'll dig into that, and later on in the show, we'll get back to our position previews. Looking at the flash linebacker position, what is the flash position? Some of you may know, but we'll also explain a little bit more to you guys as today's show progresses. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by our good friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible. For any chain store or dealership to stock all the parts that are available for all the different vehicles out there, guys. That's where our good friends at Rock Auto step in. They want you to save time and money when you use their resource. It's rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend maybe 30, 50, or even 100% markup for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can get those parts? directly sent to you by our friends at Rock Auto. They come directly to your door is what I'm trying to say. That's what I love about this, guys. They're trying to help do it yourself. They've been doing this for over 20 years online. It's a family-owned business. They are the best. I have used them myself. I cannot recommend them enough. Check it out now. Get to their website and navigate it. You can search by price, specification. Uh, You have a certain manufacturer you like. You can search by all of that at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on or locked on cougars in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of
0: Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months,
1: Continuing on now with the 100 seasons of BYU Football Countdown, we break into the 1990s talking about the 1991 season. We talked yesterday about Ty Detmer winning the Heisman Trophy, an absolutely stellar season, one that will not soon be repeated in BYU history, and maybe ever, because simply put, I just don't think that the college football universe wants BYU to get the things that they had back in the day. That's just maybe me being a little jaded on that fact. But 1991, BYU followed up an absolutely stellar campaign with what is quite possibly the toughest non-conference slate of games that they had ever uh, scheduled before and potentially ever since. I know there are other seasons that are in the debate here, but BYU opened the season going in to the 1991 season as the number 19 team in the country. Well, okay, that's great. You're a top 20 team, but why don't you start the year facing off against the number one team in the country? And that was number one, Florida State. This was a neutral side game as BYU went to Anaheim, California. Florida State, crazily enough, traveled across the country to Anaheim Stadium to take on the Cougars in the Pigskin Classic. That was the opener on August 29th, the Pigskin Classic for the Cougars taking on number one, Florida State. And BYU struggled, losing four 44 to twenty-eight. Well, things did not let up the following week. They stayed in Pasadena, just up the road from Anaheim to take on number 23 UCLA. This was another top 25 matchup as BYU was ranked number 25. And they lose a heartbreaker 27 to 23 to the Bruins. Then BYU falls out of the national rankings, but their gauntlet they had to run to start the season did not end as they travel clear across the country once again to Beaver Stadium in University Park, Pennsylvania to take on number 12 Penn State. And I'll tell you what, Joe Paterno took no mercy on his friend Lavelle Edwards with a 33-7 win for the Nittany Lions. So, the follow-up to Ty Detmer's Heisman Trophy winning campaign is an 0-3 start. Yikes. The good news was BYU would not lose another game the rest of the year, but would uh, have some interesting things happen. So BYU obviously opened your first three games of the year. It's September 28th before BYU finally gets back home for their first home game of the year. Uh, Similar to earlier in the week when we talked about how BYU had five straight home games during the 1988 season, well, 1991 featured four straight home games after that three-game road trip start to the season. BYU came home for their home opener against Air Force. On September twenty eighth, won that one twenty one to seven. Followed it up with a win over Utah State thirty eight to twelve. Squeaked out another win over UTEP thirty one to twenty nine, and then beat Hawaii thirty five to eighteen in a rare trip for the Rainbow Warriors to Provo. Then they followed that up with two straight road games at New Mexico, winning forty one to twenty three. Also, pasting Colorado State forty to seventeen. So after an zero three start, you're obviously off and rolling now five straight wins then you beat wyoming in provo on november 9th 56 to 31 and then things get a little bit more interesting for byu uh talking about san diego state uh, this game by the way absolutely nuts i believe it was it was at a 42 to 17 lead in the second half for san diego state ty detmer just engineers one of the great uh comeback ties in in BYU history, in college football history, as BYU ranked number 23 at that point. They had re-entered the national rankings. Is in Jack Murphy Stadium. As I mentioned, I believe they were down 42-17. to 17. I don't think it was 49-17, to 17, but they rally all the way back in the second half to a 52-52 tie. A game that was on ESPN. I've gone back and watched this game in its entirety. The way BYU rallied was just absolutely nuts, but it showed off just the mastery that Ty Detmer had the, when he had full control of BYU Offense when he was at his peak of his powers. He was near unstoppable. There's no doubt about that. So they have their first tie of the season that pushes them to uh, 6-3-1. Then they host Utah in the regular season finale in Cougar Stadium in Provo. Win that game easily 48-17 in a route. So BYU sits at 8-3-1 as they head in to bowl season. They won the WAC with a 7-0-1 record overall. San Diego State was in second place at 6-1-1 overall. BYU 8-3-1 overall in the season. Headed back to the Holiday Bowl once again to face off against Number 7 Iowa in Jack Murphy Stadium. Their second trip to San Diego. And they tied that game 13-13. to So crazily enough, Ty Detmer and BYU, as well as Lavelle Edwards, suffered the first two-tie season, if I'm not mistaken, in program history. Maybe the second one. But I believe it was the first season overall where they had two ties on the year. There were other seasons where they had, think they had three or four ties. But in many, many years, how many seasons have you seen in recent memory? Obviously now you can't have ties in college football. But to have two ties, finish 8-3-2 and two on the season, one of those crazy, crazy years as Lavelle Edwards celebrated his 20th year on BYU sideline. And Ty Detmer, a fine senior campaign after an absolutely insane junior season. Uh, Ty followed the 5,000-yard season in 1990 with a 4,000-yard season in 1991, setting, by the way, in the process, the career passing mark in college football history that would not be passed until the early, uh, uh, mid-2000s when Timmy Chang at the University of Hawaii passed that record for him. It was 15,000 yards all told for Ty Demmer. But he had 4,031 yards on the season. 35 touchdowns against 12 interceptions. Really cut down on the interception numbers. His backup was going to be the guy we're going to talk about moving forward here is John Walsh. Did not see a lot of time, speaking of Walsh, obviously Ty Demmer as he's leading the way for BYU. Why would you have a guy who needs to <laughs> spend a lot of time out there on the field? But Eric Drage was the leading receiver for BYU during the 1991 season 1,018 yards and 10 touchdowns, 46 receptions Drage, ever the deep threat an average of 22.1 yards per reception. Peter Tui Pelotu second leading receiver for BYU with 587 yards and 2 touchdowns. Also BYU's leading rusher on the year with 619 yards. His sons, as you guys might know, are now the Tui Pelotu brothers who play for the BYU football program today at tight end for BYU Byron Rex, obviously the father of Isaac Rex, had a monster season in his own right. 38 receptions for 547 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Byronosaurus Rex, a great nickname, by the way. And Jamal Willis, another notable name we need to acknowledge here. He tallied uh, 520 yards rushing in addition to six touchdowns. Marquise Atuaya also 307, 361 yards on the year and two touchdowns. On defense, I'm not sure what was going on with BYU in terms of like tallying Uh, tackle numbers during the season, but they went insane. Shad Hansen somehow tallied 193 total tackles, 130 of them assisted. Rocky Beagle finishing one tackle behind his teammate with 192 tackles actually tied him in the assisted tackles department with 130. I'm going to guess if you were to go back and watch the film of those games, some of those assisted tackles may have been, you know, gifted to these young men, but still to have nearly 400 tackles between two players, absolutely nuts Derwin Gray, Dewey Gray had a great season in his own right, 9 pass breakups 128 tackles in his own right Uh, Scott Giles had 116 tackles and Josh Arnold 112 tackles Lenny Gomes or Lenny Gregory as many of you might know him, that famous quote he made well, he had 77 tackles during the 1992 season for BYU, so some really uh, important names, some notable names from BYU history. Oh, by the way, Dewey Gray led the way, tied with Josh Arnold with three interceptions on the year. Also, Dewey Gray returned one of those for a touchdown during the 1991 season. So there you go. Ty Emmer follows up his illustrious career, his illustrious season where he wins the Heisman with another good season, but obviously, absolutely insane numbers for his career. 15,000 yards overall, a Heisman trophy. Obviously went on to have a multi, what was it? 15 years almost in the NFL, maybe longer than that. Had that short run as BYU's offensive coordinator, but does not take anything away from what he did in his BYU career. Absolutely nuts what Ty Detmer finished out his career doing for BYU football. And BYU is back in the quarterback business, obviously, after that. We'll talk about the follow-up to this season in 1992. How did things go for the Cougars as they move on from the Ty Detmer area? We'll dig into that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast. Coming up next, though, we'll wrap up today's show with another look at another position group as we talk about the flash linebacker position. What does this position do in BYU's defense? Why is it critical? And why does it have a rich legacy to live up to? We'll dig into all of that here in just a few moments. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Bet Online. They are the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, my friends. No matter what your interest is in sports betting, whether it's college football futures, NFL futures, they've got it all for you guys. UFC, MMA, golf, Major League Baseball, Ball. no matter what it is our friends at bet online have the odds for you they have the spreads they've got it all and you can go to BetOnline.ag today and learn more about it check out all the different options they have available to you guys and by the way sign up for your free account while you're there also want to encourage you guys to take advantage of their special offer their list offering to our listeners right here on locked on cougars and that is their 50 percent welcome bonus all you got to do is when you make your first deposit at BetOnline.ag, use the promo code locked on you get 50% of whatever you deposit the first time Time added as free money to bet with, it's a great gift, a great perk for you guys to check them out. It's all courtesy of Bet Online, as they are your online sportsbook experts.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get zero percent APR for 84 months, or up to thirty three hundred dollars off select compact tractors.
1: All right, folks, before we go here on a Thursday edition of the show, let's wrap up today with another position group preview. Let's flip over to the defense now and talk about the flash linebacker position. Many of you might be uh, aware of this nickname in BYU's defense because it was the position that Fred Warner played for the BYU football program before going on to what appears to be a potential uh, what uh, pro bowl, all pro Hall of Fame caliber career for Fred Warner. I'm not going to say that quite yet Hall of Fame for Fred Warner, but he is off to an absolutely insane start for the San Francisco 49ers. But it all started for him when he played the flash linebacker position for BYU. And it might have been a little bit of a wrong position for him, considering now he's playing middle linebacker in the NFL, showing off all of his skills. But the two guys who they have listed at flash linebacker for BYU on the on the depth chart that they released at BYU Football Media Day, are guys who are very much in the mold of what Fred Warner can do, and they're two guys I Absolutely love on BYU's roster. One of them, an absolutely proven option, a guy who I expect to have a huge, huge role on BYU's team this year, is going to be on the field a lot. That is Peyton Wilgar, the Redshirt sophomore linebacker. Six foot three, 240 pounds. Actually, a bigger body in terms of overall weight than Fred Warner was when he played at BYU. Warner was probably a little bit taller than Wilgar. But his backup, speaking of Wilgar at this position, is Ben Bywater, a Redshirt freshman, six foot three, 225 pounds. Both of them them uh, products of utah prep football Uh, wilgar played down at dixie high school in st george while ben bywater made the trip south from olympus high school up there in salt lake valley to play for byu both of these guys insane athletes that's If you're going to play the flash linebacker position for BYU, think of it this way. We talked about earlier this week about the um, what we call the joker position, where that's more of a safety who's expected in a run set to come up and thump somebody and play more run support. Well, the flash linebacker position is kind of the opposite. It's, it's the linebacker, if they find themselves on the field with multiple linebackers, the flash is the linebacker who has to be able to cover an opposing receiver, tight end, whatever it might be, and be capable of doing that. That is what Fred Warner showed during his days at BYU and it's something that BYU wants to have as part of their lineup. I believe that both Peyton wilgard and Ben Bywater are more than capable of fulfilling this role. I am very high on their abilities as you guys can tell Ben Bywater he has not been on the field a lot as a BYU cougar he was actually a guy who was running for playing time or it, excuse me in the running for playing time last year before a shoulder injury and a pretty significant one at that knocked him out for the entirety of the year he had to have surgery on it to get things uh, cleared up on that front if he is fully healthy Ben Bywater is one of the best pound for pound athletes on BYU's roster I mean that sincerely and that's what I'm looking forward to at as we see both Wilgar and Ben Bywater on the field. I also expect both of these guys, and I can acknowledge this, is that they're both listed at other linebacker positions on BYU's depth chart. I expect that they will play multifaceted roles in BYU's defense. These are not guys that you stick on the field in one instance and say, hey, get off the field, we're putting these guys back on. No, I'm telling you what. I really believe Wilgar, he's got an NFL future in his He's got an NFL future in his future. (laughs) It's a weird term. I probably should have... Thought about how I was going to term that better, but nonetheless, he is going to play professional football. I truly believe that, and it could be as soon as this upcoming uh, off season. He could go to the NFL draft. I know he's still listed as a redshirt sophomore, but this will be his fourth year in the program. The former preferred walk-on out of Saint George, he wants to make it to the next level, and it could happen as soon as this off season. But It's going to take him showing what he can do in multiple facets, but we all saw what Fred Warner did at BYU, what he has gone on to become in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers. There's no reason to believe that he can't reprise that role, speaking of Peyton Wilgar, and find himself playing on Sundays in the future as well. Is the flash linebacker position the future position where the pro linebackers play for BYU? Maybe so, but I'm also of the opinion that BYU's got multiple NFL guys at that linebacker position. I think Keenan Peely is going to be a guy who plays in the pros. I think Max Tooley has shown that he has potential to be a pro. I'm very high on this linebacking core overall for BYU. And this flash linebacker position in particular, when you got Peyton Wilgard there, man, I am super, super excited to see him out on the field. And I also hope that Ben Bywater gets a nice run of health here. He doesn't have any complications from that shoulder surgery. He's able to get on the field and contributing a meaningful way for the BYU football program because he absolutely deserves to have a good season upcoming. And the flash linebacker position, folks, it is going to be, it's kind of that strong side linebacker position, except it's a little more hybrid where they can play further off the ball and cover guys. But, They're going to be relied upon heavily, both Wilgar and Bywater. And I, for one, am excited to see them out on the field this fall. And I think they're going to have a critical, critical role for BYU if they want to have success on defense. All right, that is going to do it for this Thursday edition of the show. Of course, we will have you guys covered from top to bottom every single day like we do typically on this podcast. As I mentioned, I am on vacation technically, but wanted to make sure you guys were not left out. Uh, wanting or left wondering where we were at with the podcast, we have done our best to make sure you guys are covered and like I said, any crazy news, anything new that comes out this week, we'll be sure to get to it next Monday when I am back from vacation. Tomorrow on the podcast though, we continue with our look at different position groups, talking about defensive ends on the defensive side of the football and we'll also talk about uh, kickers for BYU. They have a Lou Groza award finalist returning. What does that mean for BYU in terms of the kicking game? We'll dig into all of that ahead on a friday edition of the podcast hope you all are doing great follow the show on social media facebook instagram or twitter at locked on cougars email us locked at gmail.com love hearing from you guys as often as you guys want to weigh in with the show all right that'll do it a big thank you once again for joining us this has been the locked on cougars podcast for july 22nd 2021 and we will talk to you guys tomorrow